Hello friends, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station right there in Madison and North Florida. And your radio station, if you're listening by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, if you've downloaded this teaching from our website, we're so glad that you came and uh, we pray that you will come back again and uh, download any of the materials that you feel that would be a blessing to you and a help to you. We're going to the Word of God in just a few moments, but just before we do, uh, for those of you that have never been to our website, just type in T-H-C-O-G, T-H-C-O-G, and that will take you to the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International uh, in good standing since 1974. Praise God. We go way, way back. But God is still uh, giving us an assignment to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in the process of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we teach within the body of Christ that we all may become uh, all that God has called us to be. In particular, His witnesses, His ambassadors, the salt and light of this old fallen world. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles today, turn with us to Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. We're talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry and work within the believer today. Uh, if you have come to Christ as your Savior, uh, you didn't just make a mental uh, ascent decision. You were drawn by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is very clear that no man comes unto me except my Father draw him. Jesus was very clear to Peter when Peter had the revelation of who Jesus truly was, that flesh and blood did not reveal this unto him, but my Father only. And he does it through the Holy Spirit. Oh, friend, how we need to see more of the Holy Spirit emphasized in drawing men and women to Christ in the great work within when they come to Christ than just our ability because we are well-trained ministers and we're very, very astute uh, at expounding theology. We need the Holy Spirit. We need all that He is and we need all the work that he has been commissioned by God to do in our life. And that's why this study is so important today, because we need genuine, authentic conversions, not just church members. We need people who are have experienced a, a God encounter, uh, in and particularly when they come to know Christ as their Savior. Amen. Listen to this very carefully today. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. This mighty, great work of the Holy Spirit in the conversion and the transformation and the restoration of of the human soul. Listen, Titus 3 and verse 5. It said, According to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. We talked last week about spiritual regeneration. 
I want to make a statement concerning that, that someone has said, and I think it is so relevant and so good, the Bible conceives salvation as the redemptive renewal of man on the basis of a restored relationship with God in Christ, and presents it as involving a radical and complete transformation wrought in the soul by God, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Friend, to claim to be saved without this vital work of the Holy Spirit within is to be spiritually deceived. It's a deadly deception. But thank God the new nature brings newness of life. I like what Joseph Aline said, and I quote, Conversion is no repairing of the old building, but it takes down the old and re- erects a new structure from the foundation to the top stone. All is new. Oh, I love that scripture that clarifies so wonderfully and beautifully what happens when we're really, really converted and when we are, have been, uh, experienced that regenerating power of the Holy Spirit within. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. Praise God. This change is called transformation when it comes, which is the second sign of true conversion. Number one, you have to experience regeneration. You have to be born again. It's an exclusive work of the Holy Spirit when you truly receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Amen. Listen to Romans 12 about how this transformation works its way from our spirit into our daily life. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. This is in response to God's great love and mercy, the giving of His Son, Christ giving His life on the cross, that we would commit ourselves to follow Him and to honor Him and to obey Him. Listen, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Regeneration takes place when you are renewed in your spirit, when you receive Christ as your Savior. Transformation takes place when you're renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is when the change within us is worked out and walked out and lived life, lived out in our daily life. Listen to Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. It said that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I like one paraphrase. Uh, it, 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 it puts this into practical application. It says, And then take on an entirely new way of life, 
a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. Praise God. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. That's what the fruit or product of the Holy Spirit is within us. It's the reproducing of the character and nature of Jesus Christ in you and in me. I don't know about you, but I'm not the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus yet. (laughs) And I dare say, you're not either. Praise God. But I will say this, it's an ongoing work of God within our in our life. And it involves the renewing of our mind. That is beginning to transform, amen, our life into a life that is reflecting His character and His nature and His kingdom as opposed to the kingdom of this world. An entirely new way of life. An entirely new way of living. The old camp meeting song uh, was was written concerning that first day after receiving Jesus as our Savior, a sense of that newness, that newness. I looked at my hands and they felt new. I looked at my feet and they did too. I'm in a new world, we used to sing, uh, because the Lord saved me. The Bible said that when we are baptized, we are buried with Him in baptism. That old life, that old man is buried with Christ. But we are raised up uh, to walk in the newness of life. Praise God. And when that new comes, old things pass away and all Things become new. Hallelujah. You're not the old person made over or even made better, but you're something brand new, a new creation. And that involves the exclusive work of the Holy Spirit. And without that work of the Holy Spirit, then we are drifting toward a man-made religious system based on a lot of God-given truth, but not truly dependent on God for salvation. You can't get saved by uh, accepting a catechism or reciting a creed. You can get saved by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior, repenting of your sin and trusting Christ to do a work within you that you cannot do within yourself. And He will do the work of regeneration. The Holy Spirit will do that mighty work within you. And then as you receive the Word of God and renewed in the spirit of your mind, the work of transformation is going to occur. And when the work of transformation occurs, the third great work based on regeneration uh, is restoration. No matter what kind of devastation sin has brought upon us, if we turn to the Lord, He will restore. He will restore. Listen to John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. Jesus said, The thief cometh, not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. 
I am come, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I like what one translation says, to the full, till it overflows. Hallelujah. Jesus restored life to the widow's son and to Jairus' daughter, to Lazarus. Jesus restored health to the ten lepers, to the man with the withered hand, and to the centurion's servant. To the sick and afflicted out of every quarter, Jesus restored purity and peace to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven devils. Jesus restored the soul and mind of the demon-possessed man of the Gadarenes. God, my friend, is in the restoration business. He does not only save you, forgive you, regenerate, He restores you, hallelujah. Jesus restored sight to the blind man. Jesus restored strength to the lame man. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25 through 27, it says, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, from plagues because of sin and rebellion, to praise because of repentance and restoration. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. From plagues because of sin and rebellion, to praise because of repentance and restoration. God restores. God is in the restoration business. Listen, friend, sin and Satan will steal from us, defraud us out of all that God has purposed that we have and that we be. But when we come to know Christ as our Savior and our life it begins to change, one of the great changes that occurs is that God begins to restore. Hallelujah. This is the core message. The most important point here in Joel 2, 25-27. God's promise was not only that He would stop the activity of the locusts, but that He would repay for the years destroyed by those ravaging pests. You see, the damage included the destruction of the seeds, which meant the impact would be for a couple of years at the very least. But God pledged not only to provide for the present, but that all the losses would be made up for. God is in the restoration business. I want to say that again. <laughs> God is in the restoration business. He takes that which is broken and battered and bruised and makes it beautiful. Bill Gaither's song said it very, very well. All that I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, and he made something beautiful out of my life. Praise God. God can take the ashes of a life that has been ravaged by sin and by Satan 
and He can restore and make something wonderful and beautiful. Hallelujah. And He's willing to do it. And it will occur according to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Jesus began His public ministry at 30 years of age. He walked into the temple and took up the Holy Scriptures and read from Isaiah 61. I want to read what he read, the first four verses to you today. It said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Listen to verse 3 carefully. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste places, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Ah, friend of mine, restoration is the conclusion of God's epic story, a rescued people living in the absolute fullness of what God eternally intended for the creation that He loves. All that was lost has been restored. It's better than any fairy tale we have. It's better than any fantasy that's ever been written. The future is a new era, a new era of God, and it begins in the present, in the now. It says right now we are a new creation. The old has passed away and all things have become new. I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember when I came to Christ as my Savior and the mighty work of God began within my life all of those years ago. I didn't just adapt uh, uh, and accept by mental assent and the consent of my will that the Bible is true and I should obey it. I accepted Christ as my Savior and something changed within my heart. Something changed within my soul and as I received the Word of God, Something changed within my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Old things did pass away. I remember I had this huge collection of uh, kind of, uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't just kind of, it was flat out uh, drug glorifying uh, <laughs> rock and roll music. And, and I remember when I packaged it all up and got rid of it. And it wasn't a hard thing to do because, you see, the old had passed away and everything had become new. I didn't want to listen to that that would draw me back into my former lifestyle where where uh, Satan continually held me a slave to sin. 
I wanted something that would draw me now. You see, but the desires of my heart had changed. Not the desire of my old flesh, but the desire of my heart had changed. And I didn't want to have my flesh vulnerable, made vulnerable, and tempted and pulled and drawn back to the old life. I wanted to live in that new life that I knew Christ had given me. Praise God. I want to give a testimony today uh, from someone who, uh, who wrote in about what happened in their life and what can happen in your life. You know, what kept me from God so many years is because I did not believe that I could just begin to live the Christian life. That if I turned from my sin, I could follow Christ. So I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I didn't want to say I was a Christian and know in my heart that I wasn't. Ah, oh, friend, but I was missing something so crucial, so critical to my salvation. And that is that I didn't have to do this in and of myself. John's Gospel, chapter 1, said, As many as received Him, Jesus Christ, as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. To them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Friend, I want to submit to you today that you can come to know Christ as your personal Savior. You can come to know Jesus as your Lord. You can have that mighty work of God done within you. And He will qualify you by the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, to become His very sons and His very daughters. A new life, a new beginning is awaiting you today. And it all begins when you repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because repentance brings restoration. And one of those great things that's restored is the restoration of fellowship with God. Romans 5, verse 6 through 10, I want to read it quickly. It said, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. In the Amplified it says acquitted, made righteous, that's what justified means, and brought into right relationship with God. Right relationship with God. Hallelujah. To be reconciled to God means saved from wrath. Both the, both the fact and fear of judgment is taken away. How precious God's kiss of forgiveness is. In Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7, it says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. 
And here's repentance. Listen, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Praise God. This restoration of righteousness brings forth this best robe and puts it upon the prodigal son. He puts the ring on his finger and the shoes on his feet. Revelation 3.18, it says that Christ wanted to restore the lukewarm church of Laodicea. And he told them, by me white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness not appear. We trade our sin-stained and tattered garments for the royal robes of righteousness. And it all begins with the regeneration and the transformation that is wrought by the Holy Spirit. Actually, it begins when He draws us to come to know Christ as our Savior. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. I am convinced today that God is very near. Someone in this listening audience, He's near to you because He is seeking you. He is calling you. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. As it is written, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. You see, when God draws you to salvation, He draws near to you. And when you open the door, Christ will come in. The Holy Spirit will work a mighty work. And that that you can't do in yourself, God will do in you and me by His Spirit. And He will translate you, as the Scriptures declare, out of the powers of darkness. You won't be a slave to sin or to Satan any longer. Hallelujah. And into the kingdom of His dear Son. Praise God. You have a new king. Therefore, you are brought into a new kingdom. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ said, I've come to give you life. And I've come to give it to you even more abundantly. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says in Philippians 3 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul said, And being found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I'm going to tell you something right now. None of us can declare ourselves sinlessly perfect. If we're seeking righteousness that way, we will never achieve it. But if we receive Christ as our Savior, repent of our sins, we can declare that we have a perfect standing with God through the shed blood and the finished work of Jesus at the cross. And the Holy Spirit will work a work within us that sin would no longer reign in our body, that sin would not have the primary influence in our life any longer. We would have a bent 
toward righteousness. Hallelujah. We would have a desire to follow Christ, a desire to serve Him. And when we, when we stumble and when we fall, which inevitably it will happen from time to time. I don't mean fall away from Jesus. I mean just fail to obey Him in those things that we know we should in attitude or action. We will be very quick <laughs> to repent and to confess our sin. You know, the Scripture said, if we, we as Christians say we have no sin, that we are completely sinless, we can present ourselves that way to God. We're not being honest. We're not telling the truth. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and He is just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all iniquity and all unrighteousness. This is the work of God. This is the call of God to you today. You can put on Christ. You can put off the old man. You can get out of that prison house of addiction. That going back to the sin that jeopardizes your marriage, your job, your relationship with your wife, your children, and above all, your relationship with your Creator and your Savior. And you can go free today. You can serve the Lord today. You can follow Jesus Christ this very day. The change can come. The change within that will work its way out into every single day of your life until Christ comes. We take up our robe and crown. Hallelujah. And we lay those weapons of war down. Praise God. And we walk with Him forever. Oh, friend, come to know Jesus today. Turn away from the darkness and step into the light of His love, His grace, His mercy, and His goodness. Come to Jesus today and let Him restore your soul. And if you do know Christ today, serve Him with everything you are and everything you have. He's coming soon. We love you. Come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>